also think that if we parented on normal days the way we do on sick days, we would see a huge change in our houses and families. Welcome to Truth, Love, Parents, where we use God's Word to become intentional, premeditated parents. Here's your host, A.M. Brewster. It's almost Mother's Day. Congratulations, by the way. So I thought we'd celebrate one of the most stunning and significant parenting truths I've ever encountered. This truth is applicable to moms and dads, so stick around even if you're not a mom. And it doesn't really matter if you're a mom of teens, toddlers, expecting, or just hoping. This is the direction we need to be going. Today's topic is mothering for Jesus. I debated calling the episode Mothering Jesus or Being a Mother to Jesus or Mothering God, but those sounded really weird. So let's all try to figure out uh, what I'm talking about. Let's look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 34 to 40. Jesus is wrapping up a message about the last days and the end of days, and he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that glorious? When we serve our brothers and sisters in Christ, God says that we're actually serving Him in that same way. And this really does make all the sense in the world. Our recent month-long study in love supports it, but the reality that God Himself indwells believers also explains how we're serving Him as we serve others. What I really love about this list is that most of the activities on it are done by parents. We feed our kids, we give them drinks, we also welcome them and clothe them and care for them in sickness. So I have two Mother's Day observations for us in this passage. Number one, God wants you to mother your children as if you were mothering God himself. Do you think this idea may change your parenting at all? And when you look at your teen and realize that by mothering him as the Lord commands, you're actually performing those exact same ministries to God himself, that just blows my mind. I don't think I have the vocabulary to truly explain or appreciate the immensity of this idea. So let's look quickly at how parenting God in these different areas of life may change the way we view our responsibility to our children. Number one, do we care for our children in their illness as we would God? Most of us do a pretty good job caring for our children when they're sick. To be honest, I think most parents shine in this category of parenting. I also think, though, that if we parented on normal days the way we do on sick days, we would see a huge change in our houses and families. What's really interesting is that when we parent our sick children, we generally get all the other categories right, too. We smother them in love, we dress them appropriately for the illness, and we only give them the food and beverages that will benefit them. Isn't that interesting? Number two, then, do we welcome our children as we would God? I know this is hard for those of you with terrorist children. I get it. I live with eight of them every year. But that doesn't dismiss the question. This word welcomed has the idea of gathering people to you in hospitality. Would our children say that we're hospitable to them? Do we welcome them as we would God? How do we respond when we pick them up from school? Do we just let them waft through the home on a whim, only interacting with them when our paths seem to cross? This is a big question, requiring more time and consideration than we have, but I hope it lodges in our minds. 
Number three, do we clothe our children the way we would clothe God? I know it's a strange question, but we need to think about it. I'm not saying we need to buy them designer clothes. I don't believe that would please the Lord as we try to steward our money, unless, of course, money isn't an option for you, and that's fine. I'm thinking more about the quantity, modesty, and identity of the clothes. When I say quantity, I'm referring to our kids just having enough. This is super subjective, but I mention it because I've worked with families who don't seem to care that their children are growing out of their clothes or that they only have three pairs of socks or that they don't have shoes that fit them. This, unfortunately, is a symptom of absentee parenting, and I hope that doesn't describe any of you. When I say modesty, I'm talking specifically about the amount of our bodies that are covered. Modesty isn't an issue I brought up very much on this show, but I did write an article about it for Evermind Ministries. I'll attach the link in the description if you're interested in reading it. It deals with the concept of biblical modesty. To be honest, when I see children and young people immodestly dressed, I wonder if their parents have any idea the effect it's having on their children's friends and the other people with whom they interact. When I say identity in the clothing, I'm referring to what the clothes communicate. Would you buy Jesus a t-shirt that said, you're right, let's do it the dumbest way possible because it's easiest for you? You can find that at Walmart. What about, I speak in sarcasm? Would you dress God in clothes that associated him with the drug culture or music filled with lyrics he hates? Would you give God a shirt that's nothing more than an advertisement for a movie that God would never want us to watch? How would you dress God? Number four, do we feed our children the way we would feed God? Would you give the king of the universe anything that wasn't good? Would you give him a steady diet of sugar and carbs? Would you send him to school every day with lunch money for the school cafeteria? Would you drop by McDonald's as often as you do if God were in the car? If you knew God were coming to dinner, wouldn't you prepare a spread that was both delicious and good for you? The same goes for what we allow our children to drink. Would you serve God a steady flow of carbonated sugar? Do you think you may reconsider your family menu if you knew that Jesus would be living in your home? 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I try not to talk about food and diets on this show too often. It's sad that this topic is often taboo or unappreciated. It seems to be such a personal affront to suggest that people aren't eating right or that they're not feeding their children as well as they could. It's not my intention to offend, but I think the specific examples I've given are both extreme and fair enough not to be too nitpicky. But the reality is that perhaps we need to review how our family eats, knowing that this ministry of sustenance is being offered to God himself. All right, so our first point is God wants you to mother your children as if you were mothering God himself. Number two, you can't mother God through your children if they're not born again. I think it's easy to miss. Listen again to the last verse of the passage. And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Last year's Mother's Day episode was called, Who is My Mother? You can listen to that in episode 54 On that show, we discussed exactly what it means to be God's brother. Let me simplify it for you here. It means that they have a relationship with God. It means they're born again and that they're living in conformity to God's will. Now, I don't think it's fair to say that when we love our unsaved children that God is not pleased. Of course, he's pleased when we love and care for his creation. But what will it matter if we give our children the right clothes and food if we don't give them the gospel? Again, I'm not suggesting you treat your unsaved children any differently than your born-again children, but I am saying that our parenting won't be the same direct ministry to God himself as it could be. Yes, we'll be obeying him, and yes, he'll be pleased with us. 
But if we want to worship God by serving Him via our ministry to our children, then the first thing we need to do is introduce them to God. And when they have submitted to Christ and are indwelled by God Himself, our parenting can take on a whole new spiritual quality. I believe all of you really want that. I believe all of you are parenting and praying desperately that your children will submit themselves to God. Keep it up. And if we can help in any way in that process, just let us know. You can always send us an email anytime you want to counselor at truthloveparent.com. You can also find today's episode notes linked below and on our blog, Taking Back the Family. When you subscribe to our blog, you'll receive an email update every time we publish something new. And you can also sign up for our free parenting course called 25 Days to Becoming a Premeditated Parent. It's a fantastic set of projects and activities that will help you think more intentionally about your role as an ambassador of God. On our next episode, we're going to start a five-part series about helping your children discover God's will for their lives. It may even be super helpful if you're wondering about God's will for your life as well. So don't miss out on that as we start next time with Help Your Child Discover God's Will for Their Lives, Part 1. And please share this episode with your friends. When you tell people about TLP, that's the best advertising we could ask for. And if you'd like to do more than just that, you could click on five ways to support TLP or go over to truthloveparent.com to learn more about who we are, our mission to parents all over the world, and how you can help uh, us glorify God in that mission. I hope your Mother's Day is fantastic, but I hope more than special meals and gifts, I hope this Mother's Day draws you closer to the Lord and helps you parent more like Him, for Him. See you next time. Truth, Love, Parent is part of the Evermind Ministries family and is dedicated to helping you become an intentional, premeditated parent. Join us next time as we search God's Word for the truth your family needs today.